0: welcome to another episode of the most <laughs> are you ready yeah yeah. i got you in the middle of the sip how's the coffee
1: it was so good Alhamdulillah.
0: all right bismillah welcome to another episode of the most show podcast episode 67 with iman who flew in this morning uh from Riyadh. iman thank you for coming on the show how have you been tell us a little bit about yourself
1: Thank you for having me. Really excited to be here. Um, Recently moved to Riyadh like the rest of everyone from Jeddah, (laughs) but it's an exciting time. Um, My name is Iman Abdul Shakur. I also go by Iman Shakur, like how you pronounced my name so graciously. And uh, in a nutshell, I coined myself a neuroscience researcher turned techpreneur or multi-passion entrepreneur. I dabble in a lot of different things, mainly investment, startups in the inclusivity space and I'm excited to uh, share more of my story today.
0: What put you on the front cover of Entrepreneur Middle East magazine?
1: Primarily my work with uh, I founded a company called Blossom Accelerator. We're now six years in um, and essentially so I started one of the very first accelerators in Saudi Arabia. And uh, for those who don't know, Blossom is Saudi's first female-focused and tech-inclusive accelerator. And for those who don't know what an accelerator is, we basically have programs, all kinds of innovation programs, including accelerators, incubators, hackathons, and we empower startups and SMEs to really start, scale, and succeed. Um, So we work a lot with startups, helping them get investment, curating investment opportunities for them. We're vertical agnostic, and we've always had Um, a focus on inclusivity you know driving inclusive innovation I started the company back in 2017 before I was 23 and a half 23 and a half I had a
0: feeling that you're under 30 Mm -hmm. and you said you started this company six years ago so you must have started off as a fresh grad yeah
1: um yeah pretty much so I graduated college I was 21 and then after college I worked in clinical drug trials uh, with Paraxel and Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did start two startups before this one. And I've always been super ambitious and also all throughout college I worked. Um, where, was, where was college? I went to school at UC San Diego.
0: Beautiful city. Gorgeous.
1: Amazing. Uh, I, I learned how to surf, it was, it was awesome. Oh. It was really great. Um, and I also, um, I primarily went to UCSC because I studied cognitive science and I was a neuroscience researcher and they have one of the best neuro programs in the world. And we'll get into like, I guess, why. But then I, a, and I, and I continued, I was a neuroscience researcher. I primarily focused on these cells in the brain called mirror neurons. So why we're having this conversation, why you're probably even interested to interview people, talk to them, connect, is because all mammalian species, humans and others, we have these uh, cells in our brain called mirror neurons. It, it enables us to be social, to want to connect, to form friendships, relationships. So I was really interested in social cognition For many reasons. And that's what I studied. I did my honors thesis on that. I presented my own research uh, at a very famous conference called Society for Neuroscience. So for a very long time, my path was scientific. I'm still really passionate about neuro and the brain. and, And it's fascinating. And I wanted to study something also that wasn't available in Saudi at the time, um, you know. I thought, oh my God, if I'm going to go all the way to the U.S., ten thousand miles away, might as well yeah. really, you know, d- delve deep into something new, interesting, challenging, um, and yeah. But then um, I've always been big on doing things that really resonate with me to my truest form and to my core. So at 23, I started getting the idea of the accelerator for many reasons. And then I went all in. I, um, At the time, I was working at Kareem, too, full-time um, in their marketing department, leading partnerships and events. And I quit that job to start Blossom Exploder full-time and since then haven't looked back.
0: Before the exit or after?
1: Before. Before the exit. And mm. it, was, it was at the time, so maybe I'll... So I studied... Cognitive science, was a neuroscience researcher all throughout college, went on even after college, worked in clinical drug trials, uh, primarily research on the brain, still really passionate about it. Um, But I had this bug itching in me that I wanted to move back to Saudi um, and create really local impact here. Really always cared about that. Um, And uh, I decided to also pursue another passion, which was tech startups. I started two companies prior to Blossom Um, and quickly noticed that there was a gap in the ecosystem, whether it was in Silicon Valley or in Saudi, where one, there weren't enough women tech founders being funded, having enough support. We needed more females in the space. And two, still at the time in 2016, 2017, the startup ecosystem in Saudi was just developing. We've done so much in such a short amount of time. So I saw as a golden opportunity, and I was like, I want to innovate and pioneer in this industry and um it felt right and i just went for it and i literally never looked back six years pushing strong still going and we have many more things to to kind of blossom if you may
0: Um, blossom Mm -hmm. uh, is the accelerator Mm -hmm. that's where most of your time is dedicated to today
1: yeah i mean i do a bunch of other things for sure multi passion entrepreneur but full-time blossom accelerator Um, um, I'm also a venture partner at an esteemed um, uh, venture capital firm. It's a London-based firm called Hambro Perks, and I specifically am a venture partner at Oryx Fund, which is an incredible MENA-based fund with offices in Riyadh. Um, I have a podcast as well if you want to come on it. We mainly focus on inclusivity. Um, It's called Shaghaf, which means passion in Arabic. Um, I would have
0: I, told you that you had a podcast if you didn't tell me. Oh, really? I feel it. Wait,
1: tell me why.
0: Your answers and your talking jargon is so good that I can only imagine what you'd be like as a question asker oh, I
1: appreciate or a
0: conversationalist. I
1: appreciate like, I
0: think that. I spoke a maximum of 20 seconds in the first seven or eight minutes, oh. which is a testament. <laughs> as to Oops. how good of a conversation no 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 this is this is a dream for me I, people don't want to hear me talk they're sick of hearing me talk they're probably sick of seeing me oh they see me for no. 66 episodes they want to see you oh. the subject um and uh and and that's why i i, I am not surprised that you have a, a podcast um what is it that you guys what is it you, what is it about
1: um, so we focus, so like I mentioned before, so Blossom has this gender lens, this inclusivity lens. You know, we run accelerator programs, like I mentioned, focused on startups, uh, but our beneficiaries are, we really care for diverse teams. So Because I'm so passionate about the gender lens and the inclusivity space, naturally I have a podcast that also focuses on female founders and women leaders. So we are the first podcast all in Arabic focused on women leaders and female founders and really um, helping shed spotlight on their stories. Mm -hmm. Because I'll be frank, most of the podcasts that are related to business host a lot of men, and there are now a lot of women in the space—venture capitalists, business women, tech entrepreneurs—raising millions in venture capital funding that are Saudi. And I want those stories to be told. And and we also host, you know, sometimes different female leaders that aren't necessarily always in business. You know, women in um, the Olympics, uh, women in sports, women in art. An actress we recently hosted as well. And I'm just really passionate. I really believe, basically you cannot be what you cannot see and if a woman does it sometimes that gives you encouragement oh she did it oh I can too I really care about that for me growing up I felt like I didn't have enough examples of local Saudi women pioneering I'm sure that there were but I just it it wasn't out there I didn't didn't see it in the media and for me it always you know created this hunger if you may where I was like I want to build something big one day you know do something something of importance and and make impact, and uh, it's nothing like it. I mean, I know a lot of people sometimes are like, "Oh, women don't support other women." I don't I don't believe that. I think that's a societal effect of, of other things, the glass ceiling effect. But when you create an inclusive an inclusive space where everyone has equal opportunity to persevere and and succeed, um, I think there's nothing like bonding with other women over shared experiences whether it's imposter syndrome you know me my insensitive need to be a perfectionist so um that's what chalev's about talking about the stories and 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 sharing challenges and and success together awesome
0: you uh, managed to attract the attention of neom and mm-hmm. the oxygen team you're doing some work with them you told me yes um it ties into what they're doing there uh, as they gear up to vision 2030 yeah um, inclusive innovation yes can you talk to me a little bit more about
1: Absolutely. Uh, So for those of you who don't know, Oxagon is a region in Neom really dedicated to the future of advanced and clean industries, pioneering innovation and thriving communities. And what we do as Blossom Accelerator is we run our own accelerator programs, but then we also execute and operate programs for other entities. So Neom's Oxagon is one of them. And we have a really exciting opportunity coming up, which are two programs, Oxagon's Hackathon and Oxagon's Accelerator program. Um, So for startups tuning in, if you have a a company, a team, or you're an individual, this is a really great opportunity for you. Um, Hopefully by the time this episode airs, applications I believe will still be open. Um, So the Hackathon is a three-day A very intensive event that takes place um, based out of Riyadh, And essentially, we're gravitating uh, exceptional individuals and form teams to participate in this three-day event. And what we do is we curate top-notch venture capitalists, investors, founders, subject matter experts, experts from Neom itself to come together and really enrich Um, individuals' ideas further and their startups further through the three-day experience of a hackathon. Um, And then the top three finalists from the hackathon go on to attend the accelerator program, also based out of Riyadh, which will be three months long. So so you could be a finalist at the hackathon and attend that three-month accelerator where you get further support, access to financing, access to network. We say the MENA's startup ecosystem really at your fingertips. a lot of exciting opportunities to work closely also with Oxagon and Neom, which is great, right? And we're focusing on four main sectors. So for anyone innovating in water innovation, E-fuels, green hydrogen, and technology at the service of people, if you're also looking to do something special with Neom, this would be the perfect opportunity. Um, Folks can apply directly to the hackathon or directly to the accelerator. They can also apply to both. and this is one of the ways, really, you know, uh, focus even on the industries that I mentioned. Um, these are also aligned with 2030 vision and diversifying away from the economy and focusing on startups and bringing to the region and to Saudi uh, a lot more innovation. So, and and the inclusive innovation part is really what it sounds like, inclusive innovation. And there's so much research around this that um, the more diverse the team is, whether it's skill set, whether it's perspective, whether it's gender, you know, um, that those different insights, different brains brought to the team is what brings about more innovation, right? More new ideas being discussed, pushing the needle forward, and also more economic returns. There's a lot of research that shows that diverse teams, right? They're the ones that are able to solve the world's most pressing issues. So this is a core pillar of the Oxagon and all our programs that blossom, this inclusive innovation component. So whoever you are, we invite you to apply. We hope We want to meet you we want to we want to really empower you and give you all the tools needed so you can take it all the way
0: you know what really got me going like what really got me excited because i'm already excited the moment i heard that the line is going to happen a year Mm -hmm. ago um and and then you had the major unveiling about a month ago
1: Mm -hmm.
0: where all you know these videos and images were just discussed by pretty much anyone who's interested in business or tech in the world and maybe even beyond that Mm. but what really got me excited is seeing construction pictures underway Mm. like there was a picture i'll try to find it i think it was on an instagram page by saudi projects you could actually see the width of the line being drawn up in the sand tractors earth movers moving rock actually almost penciling it into the sand yeah and i'm like you know it's This thing's underway. This thing's actually, it's no longer just an idea. This thing is under construction. It's no joke.
1: Absolutely. And it's
0: honestly, from all the projects in the world, this one excites me the most.
1: Oh, do you know that Neom is actually, I believe, the same size or even larger than the whole country of Belgium? Wow. Like, we are talking about... And that's, you know... 100, 100
0: miles, I think. It was 162 kilometers. 100 yeah, it's miles. crazy. It's, yeah. it's,
1: it's really... Um, it's, it's incredible. And it's, it's, it's a huge honor to be, mm-hmm. you know, working with them and the team and, and seeing the excitement. and.
0: I can talk about it all day. I know. And it's gotten a lot of attention of the people around the world because a lot of people are looking towards cleaner energy, mm-hmm. um, a future where... I mean, it makes sense if you look at Manhattan, how much of Manhattan. I would say I would say 30% of Manhattan mm. is occupied by roads. 30%, that's They're a big number. Huge. And I might be downplaying it.
1: Yeah, I mean
0: That could be real estate.
1: Absolutely. So
0: the idea came with, you know, cars or our transportation method was the reason why our cities are designed the way they are right so why don't we think not outside the box in a different stratosphere why do we need roads if the future right is clean energy and why do we need roads to get from a to b if everyone can live within a space of five minutes to get to your daily essentials oh, absolutely. which is where the line comes in
1: absolutely and i encourage anyone who you know is like oh it's the line you know And NEOM is doing spectacular things. It it really is, and it's coming to life so quickly. So you know, that's the cool thing about living in Saudi. I think there was a there was a period of time where Saudis that studied abroad, when they would come back and move back after college, they were like, Oh, I don't know, like I'm sad. Now it's like Full force. full force. People can't wait. People are getting their MBAs here yeah. because they don't want to leave. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, There's so
1: much going on. It's like this incredible golden age for all industries, but specifically startup, investment, sustainability. Which so. takes me
0: to a point, actually. That doesn't it feel that Riyadh is at the forefront of everything tech? Yeah. You talk about these hackathons, these, uh, these tech companies that want to raise and they're looking, it's almost like, yeah, I would say the mean is epicenter absolutely. for all things cyber tech and the world of investment like it's
1: absolutely forefront which is which is also why I moved there and even like so I mentioned I'm a venture partner um, at a London based VC asset management firm they're called Hambro Perks and they have 10 funds across uh, Europe and the Middle East. And so one of their funds, Oryx, is the fund that I'm a venture partner at. Their GPs are incredible. Like the whole team is is immensely. They're actually one of the very first um, international VCs to enter the Saudi market. And you mentioned Riyadh. They have offices based out of Riyadh. Um, and in terms of Riyadh being the capital of tech and investment, you know, um, I think Almost 50 to 60 percent of their investments are Saudi-based companies, and they focus also on these other incredible industries that Saudi's thriving in: edtech, mm-hmm. logistics, fintech, health tech, for seed stage companies all the way to Series A. So um, it's really an exciting time, and also like when I go, you know, I live in Riyadh now. Before when I was based out of Jeddah and I would often travel all the tech conferences you know FII Future Investment Initiative you know which is which is part of PIF Leap GEC all the huge con- all the venture capitalists I mean all the huge uh, startups they're all looking to move to Riyadh and actually today when you're not moving to Riyadh you're kind of like are they really serious as a startup On the outside, yeah, yeah are they are they really it's like the silicon valley of the middle east yeah. if you may so it's it's really exciting um, on that front too.
0: I've had a lot of friends ask me, uh, saying, "Mo, when you're moving to Riyadh, I'm like, I'm not. They're like, No, you are. You just don't know it yet. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, it's like that.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's like that. But 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 it's exciting. And I and um, I mean, Jeddah is so close. Like it's an hour and a half flight. It's really not that big of a deal. You know. It just, nice to have
0: a train to connect the two. And I think there's one. They're on the working on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're working on it. Yeah.
1: So if if you're listening and you want to come to Saudi visit Riyadh, <laughs> visit Jeddah too. We're from Jeddah. Beautiful, beautiful city on the Red Sea. I'm sure you and I both, like anyone from Jeddah, grew up snorkeling, grew yeah. up jet skiing, yeah. grew up diving. So, you know, you kind of get the be- best good energy. of both. Good All energy. good energy. Yeah,
0: nothing like the uh, the, na- the nature of the beach and the beautiful coastline we have here. Yeah. Um, you did a TEDx talk?
1: Yes, I did. Tell me about it. Um, okay, so back to i studied cognitive science and i was a neuroscience researcher at the university of california san diego and my tedx talk was
0: you keep saying san diego i'm gonna cry <laughs> all right it's, it's a city very dear to my heart so let that be the last time you say
1: it. <laughs> i'll try my best no promises but i'll try I'm um yeah so i i um I got the opportunity to get, to, have, to have a TEDx talk and it was a no-brainer. They said, what do you want to talk about? And it was my first time talking about this publicly, um, but essentially why I majored in the brain and went on to study it um, and research it because I grew up my whole life with epilepsy. I still have epilepsy. I have, I've had seizures ever since I could remember. I could remember back to the age of four, had them actively like 50 plus seizures every single day, day in, day out till I was like 23, 24. So anyone I went to school with who knows me, remembers me knows, I mean, they've seen me have many seizures.
0: How long do they last for?
1: um it depends on the kinds of seizures but it could last up to three minutes and during which you lose complete sensation you can't hear you can't see you can't feel you lose all sense of time almost
0: like fainting huh
1: you lose your motor skills you're completely unconscious you have no idea what's happening the world around you and it it shaped so much of my personality so actually the tedx talk is called how to have superpowers and i hope to write a book one day called Spurman, from seizures to superpowers and that's how I look at my at my seizures and, and my epilepsy and I'm so proud actually being an entrepreneur and a, and a venture capitalist with a disability and I and I I think it's not talked enough about well when we talk about inclusive innovation when we talk about including uh, different demographics in all aspects of society I think we should also talk about there's so many ranges like there's people who have autism Asperger's OCD ADHD these people, I want, their, I want them to feel the confidence to share their story. So for me, that TEDx talk was essentially about my experience growing up with epilepsy, battling it over 50 plus teachers a day, and how I never let it stop me, and how it morphed all the passion. And, and it's also why I do so much work in the inclusivity space, like Blossom is female focused and tech inclusion. And that whole part is because obviously growing up with a disability anywhere, you feel extremely excluded. Obviously, there's a lot of bullying. You know, you have to learn to navigate the world differently. That's how I also became a good public speaker or speaker at all. Because when I would live on the daily and just would have so many seizures every single time I would talk, have a sentence. I even remember after college when I interview for jobs. Like throughout the interviews, I'd have a bunch of seizures. It was so embarrassing. But I had to build this. Had to build. I had to become an extra better speaker. So then when I get out of the seizure. I almost comfort the person speaking to me, so they don't freak out, and they also still believe and think that I'm a capable person. That's literally one of the number one reasons why I learned to speak really well and, and gather myself and and have confidence. So um, you push yourself. Oh, to the to the to the limit. Um, I also so I've been on two magazine covers. Um, the first one was uh, the cover of Harper's Bazaar, Arabia, um, with Will I Am and uh, and uh, Sarah Al Madini. That was, that was a crazy, crazy, crazy experience. And, and, I, and I, a lot of what I um, dedicated inside the magazine speaking about was my epilepsy. Um, and I remember also blossom in the inclusivity space. But I really, really wanted to talk about growing up with seizures. Because I remember as a kid thinking, gosh, why do I have this? Like, seriously, God could have picked anyone else. Like there were, there were times, you know, you feel really low and you're like, this is horrible for a very long time it was really hard to control them you know and so i wrote in this like little notebook i had as a kid i was like one day i have seizures i know and i have seizures cuz one day i'm going to talk about them i'm going to share my story it's going to help other people you that, that are struggling you thought back back then yeah huh? when i was like 8 or 9 i thought that so i feel like
0: it's very optimistic of you
1: i have really optimistic parents super optimistic my dad is like like a, like glass always half full and I think that also really helped me. My mom is also super caring and encouraging. I, I think I definitely view myself, or hopefully people will say about me, I'm pretty positive. And that's how you have to like, live life. I mean, that's the only way to truly succeed because life can be very stressful. And there's a lot of curveballs and unpredicted elements. And you know, the only thing you can control is your reaction. So that's what I made sure I, I controlled. And, and so in my, in my TEDx talk, it's in Arabic. So I'll just recap a quick portion. Is it on YouTube? It is on YouTube. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Okay, that'd be amazing. Um, so I talk about three things, basically how I have three superpowers, how um, I can stop time, how I'm the strongest person, I know I have superwoman strength, and how I can fly. And to learn more, I guess you have to, you have to watch the TEDx talk, but in, in every meaning of, of those three superpowers, I really do believe like if it wasn't for my seizures, I'd probably be quite boring.
0: i've never heard of someone speak about the experience of seizures um that's why i don't know how to react to uh, what you just said it's not even in the notes that we you know put for this um but what i can tell you is that it's um super wise of you to at the time where you feel like your world is crumbling Mm. instead of saying you know why 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 you were thinking Uh, how can this perhaps help me one day to be uh, the best version of myself or just to use this as leverage one day. Right. And um, as someone once said, very smart guy said, your resume is a collection of all your sufferings.
1: Mm, I love that.
0: Hmm.
1: I love that. I always have these. uh... That
0: one guy is Naval.
1: Okay. He said
0: that. And I was like,
1: I think I am who I am because of what I've suffered. Of course. A thousand percent. Of course. Of course. I th- even, even You don't I- learn from easy. Oh, no, you don't. Oh. And, and um, I'm grateful for, for, for every single time I cried or I felt left out because it helped me also think really introspectively mm-hmm. about the world around me and why things, you know, 50 million people around the world have epilepsy. And I'm sure like less, 50, five, zero. I'm sure less than 1% would feel confident to talk about it out loud. And I want to like crush it. I want to be like, you know, it's a, it's, I always talk about, first of all, I'm proud to say the word disability. I don't think it's a dirty word I think I'm proud to have it. Like there was a time obviously where it's like, oh, shh, don't talk about it. Like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want people to think negatively about you. But I'm like, no, that's why, that's why I'm special. Like the, the the, I also have really bad vision because of my seizures. Like I just don't see the world the same way the other people do. Like there's some colors I can't see. But do, I always do you drive? I do not drive. You don't I do not drive one day. Um You want to. I'm like a CEO. I get driven around mo. <laughs> you gotta you gotta switch it up. Look at you know Day change, one CEO. Change change the way you view it, right? <laughs> um, but I always I always joke like, Okay, I can't see that well. But I got I got twenty twenty vision. I got twenty thirty vision. I'm a visionary. Although I can't see, you know, it helps me because sometimes if I'm walking somewhere and I obviously sometimes people like will wave and I won't see them even if I'm wearing glasses, even wearing contacts, but I just joke about it. Like can't see my haters mm-hmm. or like, you know, can see like the, the long-term vision. That's all that matters as long as I can see the vision. Um, and yeah, you just have to make the best out of everything in life. Life is beautiful and fragile and short. And, and, and it, oh, I love growing up with, with a disability too because it helped me really early on in life m- mature, realize what I want understand purpose or my impact or like what i actually care about i couldn't have been doing my company for six years at 23 starting an accelerator as a young solo female founder i mean the grit to keep doing that at a time where the startup ecosystem was still super developing talking about inclusivity and female founders Mm -hmm. and the and the gender funding gap as a 23 year old I couldn't have had the grit to continue that because there were so many people who doubted or like... No uh, chance. Unless I went through that experience. Unless you, unless
0: you suffered from that, if we can use that word. Oh. You str- you like it was something that you had to deal with that yeah. many people didn't. Yeah. So you're 28 now, 29?
1: I am 29 now. Started okay. the company at 23.
0: So I think if it wasn't for what you've been through, you wouldn't have accomplished what you've accomplished so far that many people who are 39, maybe even 49, yeah. haven't yeah. accomplished what you have. So the net is a... Proper gain.
1: Yeah. And I'm... And I'm just getting started. I have so much, I don't know if you can tell, I have so much fire in me. Like I I wake up every day and I really have a lot of drive. I'm like, what else can I do? You know, what other investments can we curate? What other companies are interesting? You know, um, I want to see a lot of unicorns come out of Saudi. IPOs, you know, more acquisitions, more exits, a healthier startup ecosystem. I I want more people to listen to this podcast and and say, oh, Saudi's up to some really interesting work. You know, we should come there. We should invest there. Uh, All these things, Make me really passionate.
0: Mm. What's the saying? Hard work beats what every time? Talent. You betcha. Talk to me about uh, Davos. Twenty-four oh. years old. They invited you. How? I want to go to Davos. I want to be <laughs> How did that happen?
1: Okay, so you should Unfair. know something. Yeah, you should know something about me. So, um, anything I put my <laughs> mind to, I think I I go like if I if I put my mind to it, it's happening. Good. So when I was twenty-three around the same time I was thinking of starting Blossom, um, my dad sent me a video of Jack Ma, founder of Alibaba, speaking at the World Economic Forum. And he was like, my, my baby, like I hope one day you get to go to Davos. And I was like, yeah, dad, sure. Like Everyone wants to go to Davos. It's like the foremost, largest gathering, most important conference meeting with like CEOs and presidents. Like, how am I gonna go? He's like, one day you're gonna go, and you're gonna be on a stage, and you're gonna talk about your company. And so you can tell by my parents, both my mom and my dad, they're they're huge, People who are like dream big, you can do it. And at the time, I just shrugged it off. I was like, How am I gonna go to Davos? Like, you know, same reaction anyone would have. Like, Yeah, okay, sure. And then, um, and then after that conversation, I was like, Seriously, how? Like, I would love to go to Davos. I uh, first like this idea of like, I know that I have a lot of things to bring to the table to talk about, unique insights about Saudi, about the startup ecosystem. So I, I had that inherent self worth. And then I started doing research. I literally Googled how to go to the World Economic Forum. I I came across a lot of articles, but essentially it brought me to um, this youth initiative of the World Economic Forum called the Global Shapers Community. If you are in your 20s, go check it out. Uh, So the Global Shapers Community um, is a network of hubs around the world. They have a Jeddah hub, they have a Riyadh hub, they have a Hobart hub, hubs everywhere. And it doesn't guarantee at all like any kind of invitation to go to Davos or any World Economic Forum. Um, But I I thought it was an exciting initiative. It's a volunteer-based initiative, so you create like. Local projects in your city that are for impact and um, it's it's tied or associated with the World Economic Forum so I was like you know this is a great you know way to meet other motivated talented young people work with them so I joined them in uh, In actually it was it was August 2017 I officially joined them there were some interviews you have to pass some projects you have to do and then a month later to the date of my dad saying a year later, so a month later, it was September, I joined in August, a month later, September 2017, was a year to the day of my dad saying, my daughter, my baby, I really hope you go to Davos. I got an official invitation from the World Economic Forum. I was selected amongst 50 global shapers from around the world, a group of 15,000, um, to go and represent Saudi and represent my local community. And I shortly did speak about my company, and I did meet Jack Ma. I have a picture of him on my Instagram. I met Bill Gates. I spoke to Jack about what I'm doing as well, and it was, in every sense of the word, a full circle moment. I went on to get invited to World Economic Forum Tianjin in in China, World Economic Forum in Mina in Jordan on the on the Dead Sea, and um, that's crazy. I know it, it is, but I but I believe in this energy. You worked for it. I did and, and and it wasn't like at that point like after I found out about Global Shapers I wasn't fixated so much on Davos I just I guess I was taken in the moment by the work that we're doing it's a really exciting like community of young people everyone's smart everyone has something to offer um, and I think also half of success is not just showing up but believing in yourself like this inherent self worth because if you don't have it yeah. no you're nothing You you yeah. then you, you, you can't really if you, know, you don't
0: believe in yourself no one else will
1: no one else will and my name is Iman, Iman. yeah, Iman.
0: yeah. I'm Which Hammond. means faith, nice faith. faith,
1: which means faith, like believing in oneself. So I think it was always an intrinsic part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Fantastic. I know. So it was pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Mom and dad, what kind of uh, role did they play in your life?
1: Super supportive. Just um, always gi- gave me I and my brother infinite love. Um, my parents were never the kind of parents that were like, you got to get A's. You got to be the best. You got to be number one.
0: But you did that anyway.
1: I did that anyway because there was absolutely no pressure. It was like, you are the best anyway. Like, you know, my parents always ingrained in me, just be yourself. Just be yourself and everything else will follow. Do something you love. Like... Definitely they weren't the strict parents and I don't know it worked for me and my brother. Um and always really, really supportive. Like I told my dad, I want to study cognitive science. I don't think he knew what that was. I want to be a neuroscience researcher. He's like, sounds good. Okay, yeah, sure. And my dad actually used to make fun of me when I was in when I was in school, like the how I used to work how much I used to study he used to be like, Are you getting a PhD? You're you're a teenager. You should you should like not study this much, like you're putting pulling too many all-nighters. Um, but I think I always had that grit and tenacity given the fact that I, like, obviously grew up with challenges societally that were really difficult for me. But they're just really loving. And, and they fully, they always tell me, like, we sit together and, we, you know, the vision board. I sit with my parents and we have, like, vision board sessions. They're like, you're gonna, you know, I tell them, like, what I want and they start feeding me ideas. I joke, like, not forward-facing, but definitely internally in the home. Like, my mom is like my momager. My dad is like a dadager. I coined my dad, like... A, and all, sometimes, like, my dad's a as a is a successful businessman, so often we're at the same conferences, and he, he really makes me feel like he's my dadager. Like, we went to FII. He got invited separately for his company. I got invited separately for Blossom Accelerator and the work that I'm doing. And so we were at the conference together, and so obviously we, like, hung out at the conference during FII. For people who don't know, FII is, like, Davos in the desert. It's, like, the most foremost most important um event that happens in the Middle East with gathering of ministers and heads of states and business CEOs, related, business and, yeah. re- investment related, um, by PIF, by the public investment fund. And so at that, at that conference, my dad was like, oh, that's so and so you should go, you should go say, oh, that and and we were actually both feeding on each other. So really grateful. Super, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. No? I guess not. I guess not. But I but I think like my my parents tell me that's the cool thing about having kids is that like My brother and I are like 10 times better than them. That's what they say. Mm -hmm. And like your kids are like the better version of you. But yeah, I wouldn't be anywhere, anywhere. Like support is everything. I grew up with a lot of support. That is a privilege that I fully understand that I've had. And they they are my parents. What about mom? My mom is fun and sweet and caring and alive. My mom is one of the most alive people I know on the face of the planet. She is... Uh, And and she gives me my energy, like, you know, just waking up, you know, grinding, hustling every day and also being happy, being super optimistic while you do it. I never feel or it's very seldom, not never, but seldom that I feel like, ugh, like it's been such a long day. I'm doing so much. I'm traveling so much. I'm tired. Uh, My mom always instilled in me like every everything you're doing, like be be enriched in gratitude if you're having a latte in the morning with like coconut soy milk almond milk you're already living like one of the best lives on earth you have access to internet you have access to information there is nothing you have your health you have your health and i do even even with a disability i have my health i'm here i'm 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 able to do things so that really um championed me and always taught me to be very uh confident as well
0: gratitude huh When you said gratitude, you reminded me of a movie yesterday I watched called Father's Two. Mark Wahlberg, I I think it was a good one. Um, He plays a role of a guy who loses his ability to walk he becomes paralyzed. Mm. And um, there was a scene where he's in a hospital bed and he attempts to stand, but his legs fail him. Mm. And I said, wow how many times a day do we go from sitting to standing without thinking or being appreciative of the fact that we are able to stand? Absolutely. And uh, I think that was like one of the most things I've realized that I take for granted, mm. that my limbs work. You know, we talk about having money. We talk about having uh, education, right. safety. We, we talk about those things and we right. appreciate that. Yeah. But working limbs. Right. You know what, I, you know what I'm grateful for? A healthy body when i get a paper cut
1: oh wow i i think that's also where again like growing up with any challenge really teaches you a lot like on the daily for nearly 20 years every single day i would lose all my five senses i would often lose my motor function because if you have a seizure you can't walk your body just you know you have convulsions and you have to i'd be I, i would be woken up at a hospital somewhere but i would always continue studying i was always an a a plus student, I always, I worked from day one of me being in college. I've always been a go-getter. And I think it it gave me that discipline and that drive. And also like this greater understanding, like why do I have this? There's a greater meaning at play. I am uniquely designed to take on this mission of inclusivity. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a young woman who grew up in Saudi in the 90s who has a disability. Like that was the narrative I told myself. Like I'm uniquely positioned and like, you know, to do this and and then when you feel that you you know have this narrative and story that drives you it makes everything you do make so much more sense so that that's really what helped guide me so much
0: after everything it coming full circle um you know you managed to execute and get what you initially wanted to i think so far you probably achieved a big portion of your dream yeah are you happy
1: I think like the the word happy is, like you know, has been popularized in the last three hundred years. I feel like talking so much about happiness could actually make everyone m- more unhappy.
0: How would you define it? I me? would.
1: I would. I would say I'm. I'm ingrained in in my gratitude in the small things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great having the billboards and being on national campaigns and the magazine covers, et cetera, et cetera. But for me, it's about the journey. So happiness for me is being ingrained in everyday gratitude and being content, being content and and appreciating the low, because if you then you would never be happy, you'd never appreciate the high. And happiness also, because, you know, I think a lot of people listening in might not be happy. And so that, that's, that's a truth. Like the, the world is actually getting a little less happy um, by statistics.
0: Do you believe it's a choice?
1: I think some of it is neurochemicals in the brain. From within. like people If you are choose some, to be
0: happy, you'll see everything.
1: Well, no, I, I think it, like it's, it's a little bit nurture, a little bit nature. Like some people are predispositioned in their biochemistry, you know, that they would be often way more likely to have anxiety, depression, you know, than other people. So I think just saying, oh, well, it's just a choice, like just become happy, just become happy. I think that's definitely um, minimizing sometimes other people's pain. But I will say the number one thing, if we will talk about happiness is for me, the mindset of gratitude and gratitude, yeah. gratitude. And there's, I always say when people tell me no, I say no to their no. Like if I really want it, I'm gonna go make it happen. You know, And I think that's one of the best, earliest lessons I've learned is if you want something done, you can get up and roll up your sleeves and go ahead and do it yourself. And that feeling is so empowering. Oh, the feeling of, as an entrepreneur, if you want if you want to talk about money, the feeling of you have an idea, you created it into a service or product, and people pay you for this continuously. You have acquisition and you have retention. The idea of like when I first saw money hit my bank account.
0: Second. my close-up just died. Okay. Uh. Sorry, guys. We had a problem with one of my close-ups. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test Iman's memory to see if she knew where we were.
1: I last was speaking about... Um, I was talking about gratitude. Wait, wait. I was going to tell, tell you where I was. I have
0: a point, and then I want you to follow up Balance, on it.
1: Okay, that's fine. Okay? Yeah.
0: I believe, and I read this, I believe that the world reflects your feelings back at you. Hmm. If you leave the house in the morning and everything is great within reason you're gonna get that in return right but the moment you leave your house and if you're like oh my god I'm sick of this car it's old oh my god I'm sick of my it's
1: hot job
0: I have to go here and the driving and this and that I agree with that because I made a decision recently that no matter what happens I'm not gonna let it bother me why because isn't it, life is 10% of what happens to you, 90% of how you react to it. For sure. When I recognize that, I became happier.
1: You know what my biggest life hack is? What? I go to bed every night and I say, tomorrow is going to be the best day of my life. That's it. And then I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, I'm excited. Today is going to be the best day of my life. And I do that every day. And every it's easy, single day. And it's easy
0: to... It's easy to to, to not say that, to to, to be worried, mm. to be apprehensive, to be anxious of what tomorrow can bring. The happiest time of the day for me, I don't know about you, but it's in the morning when mm. I wake up, those first two hours, mm. because it's one thing that comes to mind, possibilities.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say for sure, ha- mornings are definitely happiest. Um, but I also love, like, I'm sure you get into these moments, like the the late night hustle, when you have music on, you make like a a coffee you're knowing it's going to be a, an all-nighter or a very late night and you get into this beautiful creative space where you're just like have and, and you're not getting as many like messages or yeah. anything emails it kind of the world kind of slows down and it just you have time to like zone in and focus clearly you can see that i like working by night um, not a morning person i am but but um sometimes i'll sleep in the extra hours and stay up in the evening i'll I work best when my energy is the highest so I can and, and when people aren't like blowing up my WhatsApp and emails. So I have time to really envision my future. Think about strategy. That's one of my favorite things to do. Think about the long term, bigger strategy and everything that I want to do. Who are my beneficiaries? What gift services skills can I provide to them? And 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 as best as I can help all of those moving pieces align Um I like doing that on the weekend. I don't know. I, I nerd out on the weekend. That's what I like doing.
0: Yeah, when everyone's you know doing something else, you're focusing on your grind and your craft.
1: I love it. I, I um, yeah. I don't know the like the the art of uh, manifesting, visualization. I'm, I'm definitely a huge a huge advocate of that.
0: What scares you?
1: Hmm. <sighs> I mean, probably probably not uh fully doing all the things that i want to do on earth you know i have a a very specific specific and elaborative a very specific and elaborate vision mo so you know it it would scare me it scares me to think oh like what if i i I don't do like you like you might think or like anyone like listening, might think, oh well, you've already accomplished so much, and you're 29. But for me, it's like oh, wanna, this. This is nothing. Like for me, it's still the beginning. There's so much more I want to do. There's so many more things I want to do for the inclusivity space, closing the VC gender funding gap, more people, uh, more things for people with epilepsy, with other people with disability. I want to so many things, create generational wealth, um, directly impact more people. So my fear is like. I I, what if i you know that 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 dark thought but just gotta keep your head high and keep pushing and and just be grounded in this moment that we have
0: Mm -hmm. it's everything it's everything stay in the moment yeah yeah to be in the moment and sometimes
1: you just have to put some like good rap music on put on a headset and just sit down and like get into the work and like you just need that that momentum to kick you back into if you're having like a lazy day or, or, or procrastinating or and and fear is the biggest thing that holds you back you know so i, I need to i read this an amazing book by gift, oprah winfrey oh, i was gonna say wait, is it wait, called wait. the gift of fear no it um yeah
0: it's um uh, it's um i
1: think it's called what would you do if you weren't afraid
0: oh there was another book i read of hers yeah.
1: or maybe it's well, what's the name of the book that you read
0: um it is what I know for sure.
1: It is what I know for sure, you're right. But she kept having in the book saying, what would you do if you weren't afraid? What would you do if you weren't afraid? And so I like to always come from that mindset. And the biggest thing is, um, you know, given that we live in this era of mental health and self-awareness, the best thing is to just be self-aware about your insecurities, about your fears. And so every single time I'm, af- I'm fearful, I'm like, okay, I vocalize to myself I vocalized to myself like, okay, this is a fear and I'm going to be aware of it so I can take a step back so I can then take te- 10 steps forward. Yeah. yeah.
0: A favorite and least favorite thing about yourself?
1: Least favorite is, and you know, I can tend to be like an, an extreme perfectionist. I need to let it go sometimes. Is it a bad thing? It can be, yeah, because especially in the world of science or startups, there's no like there's no such thing as perfection. It's you iterate, you fail, you pivot, you try again, you test, this customer segment doesn't work, you switch over to the next one, you planned on using your pre seed investment for this, it ends up using it for that. There's a lot of things that you have to be prepared for and and sometimes perfection has you plan more and execute less and so or, or get just caught up in your own anxiety oh i did this what if that person thought that da, 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 da. like you create all these stories in your head about what happened at that meeting during the day da, 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 da. and so i don't think it's a great thing i think i should really just um let go of it completely or as much as i can um
0: do you meditate
1: i don't necessarily meditate within the traditional word like yogi in a room meditation quiet
0: I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I feel that per, a personality like yours is on the higher spectrum of people who need it. Oh. And, and, and I put myself in that as well. I've calmed down, you know, with age. But I was just like you, you know, always wanting to move, do, sit. Like I, my mom literally thought there were ants in my pants. <laughs> if, uh, I've, I've been there. Yeah. Um, and, and it just kind of grounds you yeah. a little bit, gives you more mental clarity.
1: I, I have to say I don't th- I don't love like I've tried meditation, given my personality and my oomph and fire, uh, I, I didn't love it. But I, the only thing that calms me down and like I really really love is swimming in, in the and nice. in either in the Red Sea the ocean. I just love water does something to me. Yeah. Um, so that's maybe my form of meditation. That's why I said it's not the traditional, you know. But well, what's to-
0: meditation? How do you define it? How would you practice it? because it's a lot simpler than what you think it is.
1: Mm. So, for me, meditation is sitting in silence within my thoughts and letting things go and um accepting acceptance. Yeah. Completely accepting whatever it is that can happen and next and
0: just watching your thoughts. Look at where the mind goes. Mm. That alone. It's cha- it's re it rewires your brain.
1: Mm. Oh, for sure. Super important.
0: Because I mean, we are at the mercy of our notifications on our phone.
1: Yeah. For anyone tuning in that's that hasn't hit 25, you can literally rewire a brain. That's when your brain is the most malleable and flexible. So you can literally change so many things about yourself that you want to work on, maybe that you dislike about yourself, especially by 25, because the last growth spurts of your brain are 25, 26. And that's, what some, that's something I was really aware of. There's an, a really great TED Talk called... Um, why 30 is not the new 20, essentially. And she talks about how um, a lot of people are pushing things later in life. Like It's like, oh, I don't have to get a job now. I don't have to start a startup now. I don't have to do this now. I don't have to take responsibility now. Because anyway, everything is happening later. People are getting married later. People are studying longer. People are getting employed later. Everything is happening later. And so you, it gives you this perception that you all have an extra 10 years. Um, and so she talks about how actually that's not a, the right mindset to have. You should start really early and think about things and challenge yourself and, and, and rewire your brain early on because it is harder to rewire later.
0: The earlier the better.
1: Mm. That, but you think you asked also the best thing I like about myself?
0: Yes, I did.
1: I um, have a good memory. My friends would, would tell you that I'm sassy and confident.
0: Would you agree with your friends?
1: I would agree with my friends. And I think it gives me that that fire like to believe. And, and I execute on everything I say I'm going to do. I never sign up for something and leave it half, you know, halfway there. So, um, and, and I, I definitely have um, great, you know, self-belief in myself. And I think that that's my, probably my favorite thing. I have my days where I'm insecure and I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, why? This is not my day. I want to cry just like huddle into a puddle and like just sit there and like close all the windows like no this is not, yeah I have those days. Um do you,
0: do you ever say yes when you want to say no?
1: I have for sure. I I'm definitely in the practice of no longer doing that. And for me like saying no is it's you have to I have that to learn it. I think that in the beginning, especially when you want, when I, you know, in the beginning of starting a business, and especially being young, and you care about people's opinion and their validation, and oh my God, da, da, da. Um, so in the beginning, I think I said more yeses than I should have, but now I'm just kind of cutthroat. If it's not working for me, if it doesn't match the values that you know, are my company entails and what my team hardly work for and, you know, then no. And if it if it's grasping too much of my time and energy and that other person, you know, it could even be a friend isn't being respectful like, you know, a no is definitely then, yeah, I'll just all say no. But yeah, it was it was a struggle at first. I think for many people it, it, it still is.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, they say watch your life improve the more you say no to things.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I said before I say no to people's no's. Mm. I yeah, I'm sure you you've, you've got a lot of Forget notes. about
0: people's nose, but people that want something of you. Yeah. Uh yeah, uh, Any, the question can be reformulated as are you a people pleaser?
1: I think I used to be. I think now I'm really just fixated on myself, my vision and and um and going all the way with it. And and knowing that actually Iman by you saying yes to things and putting more on your plate with things that don't serve you you're actually just going to take longer to get there so it's okay like rip off the band-aid and say no they'll they'll live they'll be okay
0: (laughs) totally well said how do you feel about the schooling system today do you feel that there is a subject that is not being taught there that should be taught there
1: yeah absolutely what subject um how how to make money how to make money how to make money like when I tell you, because, you know, if if, if if most of your life you've been an employee and you get that monthly salary that hits your bank at the end of the month, you it really numbs you. You become, like that becomes your comfort zone. And I don't think, and I think everyone should maybe have at least a year of their life where they challenge themselves and they say, I'm going to create money. Like I'm going to either whatever passion problem I want to solve, if there's a market for it, I'm going to dedicate this year to making this a product or service and I'm going to monetize it. There's nothing like that, like that feeling. And honestly, it's a very powerful feeling. I remember when I closed one of my first deals um, at the company at Blossom, and even for companies prior, um, it was like, Oh my God! I just did that. How much more can I do? How can I do this more efficiently? How can I scale it? You know, who should I employ? Where should I first? Where? How should I use this revenue so it can be most profitable? It opens up your mind to so many more things. It helps you also understand. There's this really great book that I read: "Smart Women um, Finish Rich," which is which talks about the importance of women being able to make their own money, manage their own money, because on average men do disease 10 years earlier than women so most likely women will have a partner and a husband that diseases earlier and traditionally around the world men are mostly in charge of the finances which leaves the woman now a widow grieving not only the loss of her husband now with so much responsibility but also this financial burden that she was never fully you know prepared for so i think learning that early is super important Uh, and maybe a second thing because i have to add my second thing. the importance of, like, inclusivity and diversity. You know, I think a lot of kids at school get bullied. No. And also, a second thing, because, you know, I got to sneak in my second point, I, I think there should be more lessons at schools about the importance of equity, inclusivity, diversity. Anyone going to school today, right, regardless of gender, background, ethnicity, skill set, you got a lot of different people in one classroom. And I think... People should learn from an earlier age, students and teachers, everyone around us in the world, and this should be taught in schools, the importance of befriending people that are different from you, learning from different perspectives.
0: Diversity, yeah. It's
1: so important. It expands your brain. I mean, it's and I think that was one of the greatest things about studying abroad. Is meeting people so different from me from backgrounds, it also teaches you it's good to be it teaches you to be well-rounded and understand and 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 grasp the world differently. And so um, and also, yeah, it teaches you also self-acceptance of when you self-accept others, you better self-accept yourself. Correct.
0: Correct. And tolerance. Tolerance. Yeah. Yeah. Andre discussed most valuable lesson you've ever learned in your life.
1: Hmm. I mean, I think we've covered it in a capacity, but if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. No one's here to save you. No one's here to save you. You gotta do
0: it. I live by that, by the way. So important. No one is here to save you. If you don't build it, no one's coming for you.
1: No one's coming for you. No one's gonna magically give it to you. You know, if you think, oh, when I get married, I'll start it. When I graduate. When I finish my master's degree. I have to have at least five years experience in this corporate. Bullshit. Nothing. No one's coming to save you, yeah. but you. Start. And, and as soon as you get into that mindset, the world expands yeah. and changes in service of you yeah. and your dreams and your vision and your goal. Um, so it's actually a great, powerful thing to learn and, and also teach you uh, independence. I'm also really fascinated by the concept of power. I always have been. I think I've talked to you before about secondhand power. Yeah. So I believe growing up, obviously most people that were in these like leadership position roles were always men. And I always were like, where, where are other examples of like amazing Saudi women or Arab women? Or even like globally, there weren't that many women. Like what we had Oprah on TV, but there wasn't that many, right? And I always thought, okay, women who seem to be have this notion of power whether it's tied to influence or wealth or you know or money it always seemed to be like maybe it was inherited or they married into it so it wasn't directly theirs and I became really passionate about this idea of what is power and they can mean different things to different people how do you gain it how do you create it yourself so it's something that you always own. And I also, with that power and and you know, getting things done yourself, no one's here to save you. Really am passionate about this idea of building generational wealth. I talk a lot about it with my friends. I want to be that great, 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 great grandmother that left down legacy, legacy, impact, access to opportunities for generations to come. I don't know. I think I'll like write like a, a manual book of all the gaps that I see in society, whether it's sustainability. Whether it's equity and inclusion, whether it's things in the workplace, things in the places we should invest in more. And, you know, I'll pass that down to my kids to pass down to the kids, 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 you know, so they get some insight. And hopefully I'm able to, like, leave them also a lot of money so they can, with that money, do more things. And I, and I oh, I love this concept that money is not a bad thing. I don't know why people. Like some people really genuinely think that money is bad.
0: Uh, it's said that those who don't have much of it
1: I think, feel that way about it. Yeah. yeah. And I think people should change their mindset about it because it's not about, it's not the money. It's you as a person. If you're a great person, oh God, how much more would you donate? Yeah. How much more could you serve with that? Right. Um, so I'm huge and really passionate about that as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What's, uh, what's next for you the next five years? Where do you see yourself?
1: more in the venture capital space, doing really exciting things um, with Oryx Hambro Perks, scaling blossom to new heights. Stay tuned, we're definitely working on some major expansion plans to other parts of the GCC and MENA. Um, I'm really passionate about um, sharing my thoughts and knowledge. So probably other podcasts, other platforms are able to speak and share and you know, learn also from spectacular individuals. Um, definitely become a more active angel investor. Um, I am an angel investor at the moment. I didn't know
0: that. I, I didn't know have... that was part of your uh, umbrella.
1: Um, newly to it, just invested in a few companies, but definitely want to add to it. Awesome. And it le- and it ties into, you know, the whole startup VC uh, space as well. Um, and uh, And that's the awesome thing about investing, right? Obviously, you have to get to a point of understanding to start investing in startups, but the most amazing thing about it is if you're a multi-passionate person, if you consider yourself a multi-potentialite, you don't have the time to dabble in all the things you love. But if you align yourself with an incredible team and incredible founders that are building something and they, you allow them to obviously take the full lead on that, but you're still able to be, even if it's a small part of their journey. So I think that's one of the most, and it's so important that women invest. To, to also close that um, that gap. You know, not enough. You know that 2% of all venture capital funding in the whole world goes to women?
0: That's terrible. That number needs to be up to 30.
1: And actually, the number of female entrepreneurs are nearly half around the world. So if half of the entrepreneurs are male and half the entrepreneurs are women, but only 2% of the funding are going to ideas and startups led by women, I'm really... I'm really passionate about solving that gap. And there's many nuances as to why it's a global phenomena and, and, and problem. But that's also one of the things that's that's coming up for me soon. I, I want to have left this world, either already solved that, or have made ways coming sooner to, to solving it more quickly.
0: Yeah. I love it. Uh, to say that you have a good head on your shoulders is an, is an understatement. I see you going far in this. Um, and maybe not just with uh, with Blossom. I think you can do a lot of things to serve the country. Uh, I, I, just to hear of what you've built in you know in, in your six years since college is, is amazing. Thank you. Uh, I think you're really at the top echelon of uh, young women entrepreneurs in the region. So bravo. I think the world will be hearing a lot about you going forward.
1: I, uh, from your mouth to God's ears, and I'm here to stay, I always tell people especially people who don't believe. I, always, I know you're a believer. You're wonderful. But I always also tell people that who don't believe, between me and you is just time. I'm here. Get comfortable with me being around because I'm, I'm planning to go all the way. And, and I also want to just say I'm really grateful for everyone around me that's enabled me, my mentors, my family, my friends, eco, the ecosystem, the Saudi ecosystem has enabled me as well. I mean, yeah, sure, you get people that can be disencouraging and say things but at the Quinn's essential part of the country I don't know if you know this like last year for International Day for Saudi National Day um, which is September 22nd I like Neom had me as there as one of the faces of the campaign so the amount of support I also get also helps me realize everything a lot quicker so I'm grateful Incredible. and thank you for also giving me this platform as well anytime
0: I I, I strive to find people who are like you. Because, because this is the content that I want to share with the world. So thank you for sparing me some of your time. And catch um, you on in a, you know, in, a, in a year or so. Come back on and tell us where, uh, where we are with all your ventures.
1: Will do. I'll come back on. I'll give you the update.
0: Amazing. I enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much.